Strap on your lederhosen and grab your schnitzel. It's time for Attack of the Killer podcast to take another trip around the world. This time, Germany with German horror films on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Never mind, I'm not going to try it. Oh, I'll do it. Nope. Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your insane Mike, and we are continuing our trip around the world, this time stopping in Germany. And we will be talking about horror films from the great land of Germany. (laughs) But first... You can help support the show by going to our Patreon. So just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. And there are various perks that you can get, such as bonus episodes, special videos, a collection of the music from the show, transcripts of Insane's Picks intros, shout-outs on the show, uh, getting to pick a commentary episode, a t-shirt, and the all-new video series Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten List. So... Help support the show and by going to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. Attack of the Killer Podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and discuss movies within a topic. It's an open and free discussion, so there may be spoilers. Oh, there will be. There may be. There will be. There will be. Boom, boom. But now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. This first podcaster is like a German porn star's German porn star's mouth full of shit. Jason Bolger, oh everybody. My God. <laughs> oh, uh, that set the tone for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Jerk. Yep. Kind of mind a shite stuff. <laughs> he thought Hitler was blind because he was a Nazi. Brian Clark, everybody. Oh, groan. Oh, wiener, your schnitzel. (laughs) And they don't get much better. So his favorite joke is, why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine! Tad good, everybody. Oh, (laughs) you're right. I told you, they're not going to get any better. We just keep going down this rabbit hole. She pissed off the waiter at the German restaurant. When she returned her order, now the waiter is a little sauerkraut. Terry Turford, everybody. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just stop. Are we done with intros yet? One more. One more. (laughs) (laughs) And now our very special guest. We ran into him on our trip to Germany. We found him peeing in the street. He said he didn't want to look like a tourist. He wanted to look European. Scary Gary Cooper, everybody. <laughs> Guten Tag, Herr Fräulein. <laughs> and that was a good episode, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, two in the morning, writing jokes. Okay, so, how's everybody doing? Good. Great. A little worse now. <laughs> Maybe. You might be right. Embarrassed, but that's cool. Oh, well, you know, we're going to share all of our great experiences for Chip 
trip to Germany here in just a second. But first, I want to turn it over to Tad. Alright, um, this week on what we watched, we're going to go one by one and sort of list something that we watched that is not part of the episode. And because Gary is our guest this week, he's going to go first. So Gary, what did you watch? I watched the best Lifetime movie ever yesterday. <laughs> I don't remember the name, but it was all about Prince Charles and his new lovely bride, Meghan Markle, and their journey to the day of the wedding, and it was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> you Sounds probably really did. Scary. Lifetime gold, let me tell you what. The best line in it was when the Queen of England looks at her royal people before the announcement of the marriage and was like, Before you ask, yes, my grandson is marrying an African American white woman who is a divorcee. Enough said. I'm like, Gold. <laughs> Queen of England is Hungarian? Yes. <laughs> yes. Turns out. And her grandson married an African-American white woman. <laughs> so is that what you're going with? That, that, I wasn't sure if you were um, joking or if you're going to go with that one. I don't remember. Hey, I watched the whole movie yesterday. It was awesome. <laughs> all right. That counts, I guess. I um, recorded it. All right. Well, Terry, what did you watch? Um, I watched, it's an older movie uh, from the 90s. It's called Cast a Deadly Spell. Anyone seen that? Mm, no. I've never actually seen it, but I know it's got, James Woods is in it, right? No. No, no, Peter, <laughs> par, sorry, Peter Weller. Or am I still wrong? <laughs> so I'm totally yeah. not thinking of the right no, movie. No, no, no. Continue. Fred Ward is in it. That's He's what a, I said. Fred. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, it's kind of a, it's like a noir detective movie, but it's all like based in this dystopian place where everyone, everyone can do magic. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff to do with Lovecraft, like Fred Ward's character is um, Detective Lovecraft. Um, and there are lots of allusions to different Lovecraft stories and things throughout. And it was a lot of fun. Uh there's some little, lots of little creatures and stuff. Uh, some really cool practical things, and it was pretty silly, but definitely a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of comedy to it too. It's not just straight. So Mike would like it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. What possessed you to like throw that in? <laughs> oh, I just, I was just browsing um, horror and sci-fi selections on some streaming apps and saw that and I'm like oh well why not and I really enjoyed it so I'm glad I did top that <laughs> yeah top, top that Jason what did you watch um, I finally got around to watching uh, Tragedy Girls from about la- goddamn time from last year it's uh, written directed by Tyler McIntyre um, it stars Brianna Hildebrand who played Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool, and Al- Alexandra Ship, who played Storm in X-Men Apocalypse. But anyway, it's on Hulu, and uh, it was pretty kick-ass, I thought. I liked it a lot. Anybody else see it? 
I yeah, saw I it. Got yeah. that a few months ago, maybe. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it's over on Hulu. Did not see it. It's on the Hulu. It's on Hulu. So Hulu. Let's watch it, Gary. Yeah, I Gary. recently just got Hulu, so hey, I'm excited now. I'm gonna watch it. But you know, Jason made that sound like a Marvel pitch ad right there. I did. Hey. <laughs> so the the description is that it, it follows two death obsessed teenage girls who use their online show about real life tragedies to send their small midwestern town into a frenzy and cement their legacy as modern horror legends. That's a regular hump day for Scary Gary. That's right. <laughs> I thought I would sort of hate it because, um, I don't know, like the, the idea of like two social media obsessed teenagers. Teenage girls, right. It could, yeah, it could and, go bad fast. I don't, yeah, and, and I think in the right mood I can totally hate it, but I enjoyed it when <laughs> I watched it. It's totally within you to hate it. I know, it's it just depends on my mood, and the night I watched it I was in the mood for, you know, um... I guess that kind of movie, like a little more fun. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Anybody else watch it? No. I can't imagine. Like Brian, you said you watched it. Mm-hmm. And you liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. because it's, I guess because it's not like you said. There's a million ways it could have gone wrong, but it's well written, and the two lead actresses are pretty good, good. enough to make yeah. those characters seem like actual people and not just like annoying stereotypes like they could have been. Yeah, so, it felt yeah, I mean, sort of in, like... In a, lesser hands, I would have absolutely fucking hated it, but because it was smartly made and well-acted, I, I didn't quite jive with the whole kidnapped serial killer kept in the basement as a pet. But like, I, yeah. I, I know that winds up being kind of integral to the plot at the end, but... It just seems like such an afterthought through the rest of the movie that I don't know. It didn't quite tie together that well for me, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I thought the guy who played him was great, and mm-hmm. he it's the was guy great. From, uh, um, Blair Witch Two, isn't it? Is that it? Mike just got book, a it, book of shadows. Blair Witch Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. other. Oh, sweet! Now I do need to watch it. <laughs> and uh, Craig Robinson's in it. And he's also one of the producers on it. <laughs> yes. He's pretty that funny. was one of those. I, I I knew virtually nothing about it when I started <laughs> watching it. So when he showed up, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> and then he's not just be. I mean, his part is funny, but the humor comes from the situation. Like it's not. Right. You know, he's he not. He isn't there to be Mister Funny Man. It's played yeah. straight. It just happens to be very darkly comedic. And just remembering his scene, like there's some good gore in the movie. Oh yeah, because that scene's pretty awesome. That's what I think saved it was that it the uh, dark humor went straight from that to like holy shit Over back top to gore. funny uh-huh. yeah 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 I enjoyed it cool check it out Mike and Gary okay yeah guys Terry did you yeah. watch it got to no. do it now well you check it out too on Hulu it's on Hulu once again on Hulu you say <laughs> Hulu. Today's episode is sponsored Guys, did by... you hear that the mist was canceled after only one <laughs> oh season my God. on Spike TV? <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, what did you watch? I watched um, I watched the new Netflix original documentary series, Evil Genius. Uh, I should have went before you because that was my pick. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Well, oh, Mike, was... what did you watch that on? 
Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Netflix. Not not Hulu. <laughs> oh, so good. It you know, it it definitely reminds me a lot of like um um how to make how to make a murderer, but it's only four episodes long, so it's not as committal as, as that one. Uh, and I, I marathon through it. I just breeze through it really quickly. Like, for those who don't know about it, it's, 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 it's produced by the Duplass brothers. Awesome. Which was cool. And so that kind of suckered me in. And then just like the, the you know, it's a, it's a documentary about this real-life crime of this pizza delivery guy who robbed a bank... Because he had a bomb strapped to his neck, and uncovering this, it was so cool. This of this documentary uncovering the true masterminds behind this, behind this uh, this plot. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this sounds so freaking familiar. And like, it is the plot line to the comedy thirty minutes, 30 minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. And and so I jumped on IMDb, and sure enough, it says on there that the true story inspired that movie. And I'm like, that is that makes me love that movie even more. Oh yeah, like I I get it. Probably not a lot of people really like that movie, but I've always really yeah. enjoyed that movie. I thought it's hilarious. But now it's like the ba- the fact that it's, it's this comedy that's based on such a dark, dark, dark story, and just as just what's cool about it too is like the more they unravel the weirder things got like by the time you know they they unravel the whole story of 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 what happened in the first episode you know this guy's got the bomb strapped to his neck you know he's a pizza delivery guy this that and the other thing and it ends on the the first episode ends and it's like a couple months later they found a body in a freezer i'm like what does that have to do with anything where is this going <laughs> so yeah i thought i thought it was awesome it was a very very good documentary Yeah, I had actually uh, heard, like, I was talking to a friend about it, and he said he heard, the like, when it came out, that Sony completely denied that they knew anything about the real story with 30 Minutes or Less. The writer said they had briefly heard about it. Like, they, they denied it up, up and down, probably because they didn't want to get sued. But, um, well, that's, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's way too similar. Yeah, he's got a bomb strapped to him. He's a pizza delivery guy, and then as you go along and you you learn about what's her name, the kind of who they who everybody thinks was the mastermind behind the whole thing. That she wanted to have this done because she wanted to have she wanted to earn the money to pay her to pay somebody to kill her father, which is what freaking Danny McBride does in Thirty Minutes or Less. He does the whole plot right. so he can get the money so somebody can kill his father so he can get the inheritance. It's the exact yeah. same thing. My only question is, in the documentary, was there a lot of insane clown posse references like in the movie? Because they had tons of ICP posters all over the place. I was rather shocked. No, no ICP. Um, <sighs> that's really the similar the similarities. <laughs> and once you start learning about the masterminds, they're not as fun and lovable as Nick Swartzen and Danny McBride. So. <laughs> right. No Remo Williams in there? <laughs> yep, no Remo Williams. <laughs> Yeah, I really hope that um, the Duplass brothers keep doing more true crime series because they just did that Wild Wild Country too this oh. year, and that's been really popular. I started to watch that for some reason. I had to walk away from it. I think I it was too close to having to go to work or something. But that's that one seemed really interesting too. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that sort of covers everything. I uh, I watched a few things. I guess I'm sort of looking at what I have watched since we last talked. And I watched um, Society, and I'm sure everyone on this podcast has seen Society. No. You've never seen Society? We, ta- we talked about That's it on an episode. Yeah, that doesn't mean she watched it now. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I didn't watch any of the movies for this Terry's episode. Terry's got a very so. busy life. But it's a very strange body horror movie about a, um, an orgy cult of the social elite that get together and sort of melt together. Um, it's hard to even explain what it's about, but, um, we were, I was hanging out with some friends and they wanted to watch a movie and I thought, well, we'll see how they like this. And it's sort of a fun movie. Friends anymore. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) they're they're the kind of friends that, um, would absolutely, I knew would absolutely adore it. And they did. So, I wouldn't just show. I wouldn't like bring this up, you know, just pop pop this movie in when my mom's over or something. But um, wimp. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I guess my mom can't completely like disown me or whatever. But uh, no, with the right with the right friends, you know, this is a fun movie. They thought it was just absolutely ridiculous, and um, I I always suggest it to people. So yeah, that's what that's what I watched. It's a crazy movie. It's fun. Directed by uh, Brian Usna. So. Yeah. I like how you made that comment how it's not a movie you pop in when your mom's over. And the first thing that pops in my head is, well, you know, my mom might get that, you know, because she introduced me to Faces of Death 4. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this movie's about, like, parents, like, doing, having orgies with their kid and stuff. So that might get a little that, awkward. That is, that is true. Yeah, it might be a little awkward. That new yeah. Arrow release does look really awesome. I've been toying at the idea of getting it, but... Yep, I've got that sucker. It's really cool. Is it? Awesome. Yeah. Hey, that remastered version of uh, Return of Swamp Thing I just got is badass. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I need to pick that up, too. Whoa, I didn't it's, know about that. Gary's been talking about it for a week now. Never heard of it, huh? I was so <laughs> shocked when I saw that. I was like, I have to get that day one. No shit, that's that's awesome. Who put it out? Was it a, was it Arrow? Was it? No, it's a... Was it Mivid... Uh, rewind or something like that. I forget the name of the company. I don't no. look it up. But yeah, it, it's it's legit. It's well done, and um, there's a 4K version of it on there as well. I love Return to Swamp Thing. I think I almost like it better than the first one. Uh, I definitely love it better than the first one. It's, it's really comic-y and badass. Yeah, it's MVD Rewind Collection is who put it out. It's so bad. It's so sad that. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Jason just pulled it up. It's so sad when a. Um, Jim Wynorski movie looks better than a Wes Craven movie. Whoa. <laughs> right? Yeah. Whoa. What kind of world are we living in? Okay, cool. So, yeah. That's what we've been watching. Awesome, guys. So, it's time to get into the topic at hand, and that is German horror films. I'm going to start us off. I'm not even... Good. I'm not even going to pick Fuck anybody, around. and I'm just going to jump the gun and go straight to my favorite... Of these movies that we watched. But I know which I, one it is for you. Which one do you think it is? That's what I, I was going to ask if anybody wanted to take a guess. <laughs> you like The Burning Moon. I did like it. It wasn't my favorite. Oh, oh I'm, I'm rather shocked then. I, yeah, I feel like too. I need to go 
<laughs> yeah. I think we were all thinking that one because we all watched it and groaned and we're like, God damn it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why it's on the list and we'll get to it when we get to that movie. Anybody want to take a, another guess? It's narrowed down to two now. So. Well, you got to be Derbunker then because, I mean, yeah. Good Night Mommy's amazing, but you, you're going to go with the the really obscure movie of the bunch, and that's got to be Derbunker. Yeah, I'm going to go with the one with the most fucked up story, and that's definitely Derbunker from <laughs> from 2015. Uh, it's about a, about this student who they only call the student in the movie. He rents this room from this like slightly off family in order to focus on important work, which I still don't understand what his work was. Something with uh, protractors and shit, but... <laughs> Uh, apparently not haircutting. Oh. <laughs> However, he apparently eats one too many dumplings and ends up having to teach the uh, the Nick Swartzen from Benchwarmers character to pay off his debt for <laughs> eating extra dumplings and drinking their water. Um, yeah, so he has to basically teach their eight-year-old son, Klaus, played by 30-year-old Daniel Frypan. I'm, I'm, I'm just calling it Frypan. It's, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I don't care. He's Daniel Frypan. That, um, no, that's, how they cut, that's how they cut his hair. He's in a frying pan. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, he is homeschooled by his parents in this isolated bunker. Um, and so they're... You know, but nothing's working, so they get the student to uh, to teach him. So it already sounds strange enough, but it gets even weirder than that. Uh, there's this really weird dynamic within the relationship within the family. It seems like there's definitely more going on between the mother and Klaus um, because she still breast breastfeeds him, and there's this really weird, creepy feeling you get when it's cuddle time. Uh, the mother seems to control the whole house, the whole household, because she talks to a wound on her leg called Henrich, who she claims is an alien that tells her that Klaus is destined to be president. Uh, this wound apparently gives her powers as well, because the student seems to have writer's block and is definitely distracted with the fact that he has to teach Klaus and he's not getting any of his work done. So, in order to make sure the student that doesn't leave and still continues to teach Klaus. The mother jerks him off, has sex with him, and even breastfeeds him, all the while he getting his work done. So, But I love this movie. I thought it was weird and funny and dark. I question its horror cred a little bit. but uh, um, It's definitely a comedy. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. Again, like um, Klaus reminded me so much of Nick Swartzen from Benchwarmers. Mixed with a little bit of um, um, Martin Short from Clifford, if anybody had ever seen that one. Um, but it, yeah, it's just it's just a bizarre movie. Even though the ending kind of left me a little bit, you know, scratching my head. But I at the end, I still thought it was a great movie. Loved it. I love the costume design in the movie, though. You know the the colors, that yellow and black shirt, that that tacky with the balls that he's wearing hilarious yeah the whole art direction cinematography on this movie is just gorgeous it's like a you know just a beautiful beautifully shot weird fucking movie right right anyone else awkward (laughs) 
Um, I mean, it was a movie. Whoa. You didn't like it? Whoa. <laughs> it I is a movie podcast. like it that much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I thought it was pretty, but... I mean, was it supposed to be a comedy? I guess like I don't understand comedy. German comedy. Um, I don't know. I just was not digging it much. I mean, there were definitely moments where, like, the weird weird out factor got to me, you know. But aside from that, I was just, eh. All right, That's it, Terry. You're gonna you're gonna get the fry pan haircut now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. It was weird as shit. I loved the the they had the thirty year old man playing a boy, and they but he's playing a boy. You know, it's just weird. It's not. Yeah, not not since what's his name? Uh, what's his name, Brian from Burial Ground? Peter Bark. Yes, <laughs> not since Peter Bark has there been a more weird, disturbing adult playing a small child. Yeah, I just loved it because <laughs> it was so weird. And I think both those actors only got cast in those parts because they both had to uh, suckle on nipples. So, yeah. And for those of you listening at home. Every time we say weird during this episode, take a drink. <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> I, I thought all the actors were great. The dad was super cool. Um, the Pitt Bukowski, what a great name. The the main, the, the, oh, the, the, the student. student. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought everybody was awesome in it. Everybody did a great job, but I it was. I was really f- fascinated by um, uh, Frypan's performance in the movie. <laughs> and that's the boy. Yeah, that's the boy. I like. I like how you described him, like you know, Nick Swartzen from Benchwarmers. Though that's exactly right. <laughs> that was, that was on point. Pale skin, Han style yeah. haircut. Yeah. And it all was kind of one-ish location, you know, two, it was a really small location, small small cast. Yeah, the cinematography was fantastic, the music was cool. Yeah, weird, Chug. <laughs> Dirt bunker. Yeah, Brian, what'd you think? <laughs> meh. Oh, you're a meh too, huh? Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, I, I'm bummed because, like, I know you you dig on the weird stuff too. So, yeah, but there's there's something there. There are different kinds of weird. Let's put it that way. Okay. There there's stuff that is like, say, from a recent episode, for example, the Seventh Curse, which yeah. is just exuberantly bonkers from start to finish, but still tells a story. It has a point. You know, the weirdness is just. You know, the, the icing on the cake. Something like this. These sort of uh, weird, just for the sake of being weird, like art house movies. Yeah. I don't have a lot of patience for that. Because it doesn't go anywhere. So this woman has a wound on her leg that may or may not connect her to some alien uh, intellect somewhere. 
and it makes her talk in a weird alien voice, maybe, except that might just be in her head because nobody ever reacts when she gets scary devil alien voice. I thought it was in um, the head, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm honestly not a big fan of David Lynch either. Not that I, I mean, this doesn't necessarily remind me of anything Lynch did, but that's like, I if, read if, s- anyone, if anyone's wondering what I mean by just being weird for the sake of being sure. weird art house stuff, he's like yeah. kind of the gold standard of that. It, it definitely can come off that way for sure. Well, and I read a lot of reviews of this movie after the fact too, and there was a few that was comparing, comparing it to Lynch. I was so. just enthralled. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen next? I know. How is this going to play out? You know what? And I, and I, and oh, I think, in it. I think I know where Brian's coming from a little bit oh, because my, sure. biggest, my biggest problem of the movie is the ending. It's like yeah. you set up all this weirdness with no payoff. Like, what is the point of of um, of Hen- Henrik the, the, the talking wound leg? What is the point of that? What is the point of Klaus... Um, them thinking he's going to be president. Why is he an eight-year-old, you know, eight years old, but looks like he's 30? Why is he still breastfeeding? None of it pays off because at the end, you know, Klaus just, he leaves the house and then, um, the student is now their housekeeper. Yeah. I, I just sort of assumed, um, all of that was showing that you know they were his parents were basically had like a mental illness you know that they were crazy but um i can understand what you guys are saying is that it didn't it didn't prove that at the end it didn't have like a climax to it didn't you know and i'm sure it's all very deep and it is you know i thought i could have seen it but i thought i could have seen it like the student is replacing klaus yeah that's kind of what i in this family's weird because they're the yeah, ones he, that are clearly got, like yeah. he just got Stockholm syndrome into yeah yeah he's like the new Klaus I guess yeah which makes you think like because like, it seems like Klaus, Klaus was like from? I might have my way out here you know like he had gotten smart enough um, from the teaching you know or he like I just it, it, there seemed like a moment he was just like oh I can I can get out of here yeah so and pass it on to these. To the teacher, but again, and yeah, what? well, yeah, and, I, I, and you also I, I don't care about any of these people because they're all annoying. <laughs> if I was that student, I would have just been like, you know, I I don't need a place this badly. Fuck it, I'm gone. Like I just I don't. It's yeah, it it's like a, a more fucked up version of Napoleon Dynamite. But, and he even says you that even. Just, Says he does threaten to leave at one point, but then doesn't leave. So, You're right, and I just I have in no stand. desire at all to spend any time with those type of people. So, no, this one was not for me. I didn't. I didn't hate the characters that much. I I was still really into them. I found. I mean, I found them all fascinating. Like, yeah. I wanted to know more about the dynamic between the husband and wife because if, at first, at first, when you start this movie, it's the it's the dad showing off the room to the student and and it's the dad that's like you know hey you know uh, you already had a dumpling why why you want another one you know so but then the dynamic changes really quickly where it's obviously the mother that controls 
everybody, and like the, I don't know, the, there's just something so, I don't know what I'm looking for to say about the dad, just so neutered about him, just so like, because at one point, because like he was originally Klaus's teacher, and he he's a little butt hurt when she when the mom suggests she decides that, that he's well, done that, teaching. Well, that Hedrick said, Hendrick said that the student needs to be teaching Klaus, and so the dad's a little bummed about that, and I think probably because that was his only real purpose in the family dynamic, and then quickly shortly after that, you see him doing, you know, the household chores like scrubbing the floor and whatnot. And you never see the mother doing anything other than like breastfeeding, uh, breastfeeding, or um, or them all sitting around at the dinner table. You don't see the mother contribute anything to the house, really. Like she's, you know, during the daytime, it seems like she's not even there. So I'm like, where is the mother during all this? Hmm. During those interactions between the father and the and the student. So yeah, I just found that I just found it fascinating. You don't. You don't ever get a full picture of any of it. Yeah, and I don't. Any of I it. never. I didn't feel like I needed it. I, I don't. Some think of it I don't need, but still, like you can't. <clears throat> you can't. You can't give me of all people a, a plot line of like an alien wound on a lady's leg that talks to her, that telling her that Klaus's doom is is um, is destined for something bigger, and then like. You end it. You end the movie the way it does. I don't think it's anything like this movie, but I put it maybe in the same category as like Greasy Strangler, as far as it being weird. There's no real point to any of it. Just weird shit happens. Well, Greasy Strangler is all about family. Oh, okay. Yeah, but th- this Just... one didn't have those wonderful <laughs> moments of blow drying whale cock. To be, uh... <laughs> yeah, but I say yeah. There's and no that let you down to, br- to break up the monotony. <laughs> <laughs> so you needed more whale cock in this, is what you're saying? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, I heard. It's interesting Pre- that you're preferably bright red and infected. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up um, red whale uh, cock. Greasy, <laughs> greasy strangler in the conversation of this movie because I thought about greasy strangler after I watched it, and I and like you know, and the movie I've been the most obsessed with lately since you found it for me on DVD, you know, Dark, dark backward. backward, and it's kind of the same thing. It's weird to be the dark, weird. B- the dark backward just ends, yeah, and it doesn't end like tying everything up in a nice happy bow or anything. It's just yeah. like well, we still have just to. He wakes up one day and yeah. his his third arm is gone, and now he's back to his old lifestyle, yeah. you know, and so. But I don't know. There's just something about I can lump all these three movies together, and there's something about something that's going on. I'm invested in the characters. I'm in love with the weirdness. Yeah. Um. And and I just love how all three of these movies, all all three of these movies, just like treat everything like the weirdness, like this is normal stuff. Yeah. Like when it comes out to the student that the woman's got this alien wound on her leg that talks to her, he's not phased by it like huh and and i'm led to believe that there is something to it and it's just not her like crazy it's she's just not crazy because again i repeat he is like struggling through this whole movie to get his quote-unquote work done right and and he is he's got a severe writer's block until the mother shows up and you know, goes to town with him, and and I found that I was laughing my ass off in that scene oh, yeah. when when she's bent over the table and he's going at it, but he's like he's still working, he's still working, 
He's like riding on her back, you know, with his protractors and shit. <clears throat> so, there's still something more, I still feel, to me, there's still something more going on than it's just like, these people are crazy. Yeah. Because why did that all of a sudden break his rider's block? Well, I guess, you know, good sex with, you know. But, yeah, hey, I, mean, but, you know. but I thought the alien talked to him, too, at some point. I thought, yeah, I thought so, he recognized, uh, he, he acknowledged it at one point, too, when she, it was like they were sitting in front of the fireplace yeah. or whatever, that scene. Yeah. 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 Just it's and therefore to me interesting as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But that's your favorite. That's, that's my favorite out of this I'm list, a, man. I totally we all lost a bet on that one. <laughs> I um. Now I I will openly admit I got a little drowsy towards the end and I had to had to rewind because I thought I'd missed something so I had to rewind it like twice that moment when when um. He's trying to get Klaus out of the house, and she comes downstairs and stabs him. Yeah. Because that was just... Because, like, that whole room is red. Yeah. But when she stabs him, it goes blue, and then back to red. And I'm like, what? So I thought, like, it was some weird flashback that I nodded off at, and I missed a detail of something. Turned in and out of reality. Which one's reality? When they opened the door at the the end, then it went blue and stayed blue. But it was the same thing because when it goes to blue, she's still standing there with a knife yeah. in his gut. I was just interesting choices. It was it was just very jarring that whole yeah. red from red to blue in the same scene. I don't know what it means. Yeah, me neither. But I'm not German, so that's true. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why. Get get it. All right, so I, I'm I'm done. I'm done gushing over debunker. I must be. I, I'm in the minority. Well, then Jason's on my side. For yeah, it was awesome. Oh, I loved it. Oh, good. And Tad yeah, loved it too. Good. It, it's not bad at all. It's, it's an obscure movie. I get like, you know, what people think about it being weird. But I mean, when you get into like wondering about, like you said, about the family and everything, and like Tad said, the cinematography is amazing. And, I, and good cinematography can make a movie, even if the Hell story yeah. sucks. So, for me, yeah, it does. I yeah. mean. I thought it looked great. I thought the actors did a great job, but I just didn't care is what it came down to. I just wasn't interested in the story. And that, and that's, I like how it's, and it's fair. open to interpretation, though, too. You know, like anybody yeah. can see this movie in their own way, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think that's why I like some of these weird-ass movies that we're talking about. So. Cool. The weirder your mind, the weirder the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else have anything else they wanted to add about their bunker? No. I liked the fonts. It was yeah. Right? The, the typography and the, the credits and the title was great. Fa- the credits yeah, followed like the title, one. and it was the hot pink was great. Well, well, was, have, I'm you glad that's a thing. Very now. good fonts if you're going to be president of the United States someday. That's right. No, no, Trump has horrible fonts. <laughs> he writes in Weendings. <laughs> yeah, he like he, he likes wingdings. Comic Sans. He would too. I think it's so it cool. According to the movie, all you really have to know is the capitals to be president of the yeah. United States. <laughs> How awesome! <laughs> and just a couple, just some slapping on the wrists make you remember. It's so awesome! Oh yeah. Oh, and there's the scene where he teaches them how to play. What's what's play mean? Yeah, that montage. I thought that montage was awesome and hilarious. Yeah, and a little and a little 
pulling on the heartstrings there a little bit because you can tell the students having a good time yeah. teaching Klaus how to like be a real person, <laughs> you know, be a human. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Nobody taught Trump how to be a human. <laughs> that's that's for damn sure. I doubt sure. he's ever played besides golf. I wonder if I wonder if Trump's toupee he, talks. He, he doesn't him. play golf. He just does golf. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can move on. What's the next movie we should talk about? Anybody? Go with the Gore Fest. Gore Fest. Gore Fest. So, Burning Moon. Who wants to describe Burning Moon? Tad. <laughs> no, you, you're the one that brought yeah. it up, so you, yeah, Gary, gets here. He's the guest. It's you. All you. <laughs> I don't know how to describe Burning Moon. It is not what I thought of. I never heard of this movie in my life until Jason sent me the, you know, what people were discussing. So I, you know, check it out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like, look like it's shot with a camcorder. It is. Which it makes was. it even better. Yep. I think this what? was okay. found in a box at a yard sale somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> you know, somehow someone uploaded it to Shudder and Mike decided as a practical joke he'd make us all watch it. <laughs> yeah. I've... I've owned this on DVD for years. Surprise! (laughs) They found three movies and cut them together. Surprisingly, there's no Wellcock in it either. (laughs) Well, just because I own it doesn't mean I particularly enjoy it. (laughs) But we'll get to that. They did good with the gore gore effects, though. I I, I give them props for that. I mean, really good special effects for, like, a camcorder movie. For, like, yeah, for a movie with a dollar budget, yeah. Maybe you should have given them more props, you know, so they can do a better job. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a super low-budget shot-on-video movie made by a dude named Olaf Ittenbach, who continues to work in special effects to this day. Um, He, I know this isn't to this day, but he, for example, did the effects on Uwe Boll's Blood Rain movie. So he's he's not necessarily making his own movies anymore, but he still does effects. He actually did yeah. all the stunts in this too because they didn't have any money to hire a stuntman. Um, but it tells the story. He he's the the heroin addict teenager who we meet at the beginning, who's getting in, <laughs> who gets in the lamest gang fight in the history of film. Like they make the shark, they make the sharks and the jets look badass. Um, <laughs> And he's been always in trouble at school, and so one night his parents are going to go somewhere, and just as, I don't know, part of his punishment, I guess, or something, anyway, they make him stay home and babysit his uh, little sister, who he tells to bedtime stories to, and the bedtime stories that he tells her make up the main part of the movie. One is about a serial killer, uh, kind of like going on a date, <laughs> sort of, and the other is about this preacher who likes to go on... Uh, rape and murder sprees in his spare time and uh, at the end of that segment he winds up in hell and then after the two segments are over we go back to uh, Olaf and his little sister and he shoots up with heroin and commits suicide and the end yay um, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically just an effect reel there's virtually no plot to this at all um, and, and the effects are for having almost no money most of them are quite good and very elaborate like there's a guy getting ripped in half from the you know crotch first um there's kind of a neat shot where somebody gets their eyeball ripped out and eaten and they actually built like a full scale model esophagus to shoot that from because you see it from inside the mouth where he like he puts the eye in oh and that was it. awesome that was yeah. awesome that was really good 
So the gore, but most of these great gore effects are in the hell sequence at the so very end crazy. of the movie. Like most of the stuff leading up to that is pretty dreary. And the the problem I have with this movie, like I, I bought this thing on DVD because it was one of those notorious, you know, banned yeah. forever in a million different countries kind of movies, and. I got the DVD and watched it. I'm like, oh, okay, it's banned because it's gross. I'm probably done with this now because <laughs> there's not much other than the gore effects to bring you back for another viewing. And then this is on the list. I'm like, God damn it, I have to watch this movie again. <laughs> um, You're welcome. The, the problem I have with it is that most micro-budget gore movies like this have a sense of humor be they overtly comedic like Redneck Zombies or even something like Andrea Schnoss's movies, they're, they're played a little straighter, but like they're so over the top that you know he's just having fun with it. This movie is deadly serious. It has no sense of humor whatsoever and is, you know, thinks it's very subversive and shocking. And as I've said, the gore effects are fantastic for the budget and the yeah. time they had. But... It, it it comes off a little bit like a, a high schooler, you know, drawing pentagrams on his notebook to shock the teacher. Like the the actual transgressions in the movie are are fairly pedestrian. It's just an excuse to show gore. And and Ittenbach is first and foremost an effects guy, so it makes sense that you know that's what he wanted to do with his movie. But and he has a decent visual eye. It's it's photographed pretty and directed pretty well like visually it's interesting there are camera setups and things that most micro budget filmmakers from the, you know making these gore movies in the late 80s and early 90s probably wouldn't have thought to do so i mean there's some care taken on the technical side but from an acting and story standpoint there's just not much to hang your hat on yeah it's clear that it's one of his first movies it's really his first movie and i I really liked it a lot. Did you? <laughs> I did. Holy I, shit. I, uh, this is an amazing be, night. I know. I liked all the movies. But uh, I, I, for me, it was like, yeah, it's it's shot on video. And, but that's what did it for me because I was, it really brought me back. So Mike and I used to make movies in high school and then back in those days, we only had VHS. That's all we could do and, I just pretended that it was an old Gore Gang movie, you know, but better. But like <laughs> yeah. that—that's what, like I, Olaf, he looked like us back then. I hate saying it, you know, and I don't know. I just felt like one of our movies, but better. And that's that's why I was just I had fun with it. The, the this is why I really thought, yeah, this would be Mike's favorite movie because you're talking about you made movies like this on VHS back in the day or camcorder, you know, and I figured yeah. this really touched home for you guys because being filmmakers, you guys had to start somewhere, and this has seemed like right up your guys' alley of early days of making movies. Well, it, do, it does for me, and maybe that's why. I mean, I, I love shitty sh gore films shot on VHS, that whole fad from the from the 80s um and i'll get into it more later uh when i get into what i thought of the movie um on why i picked this one there there was a reason for it well, i was gonna say that's that also helped me too because i i remember messaging you right as i started watching it 
just excited for you because I was so excited about it. And then you pointed out that it was the guy who did Premutos, Premutos, which yeah. is fucking awesome too. Yeah, and which is just gore. Oh yeah, to the ten. Anyway, so I really I liked it. I had fun. I thought the, I mean the the hell sequence was definitely the best part gore wise, but it was unrelenting. I it was I'm like it was all the screams and the soundtrack to the hell scene. Was was a bit much. As great as it was, it me. went on. I'm like, oh my god! It gosh. was headache inducing. It reminds. It, it actually reminds me. And Could you're going to know. What's yeah. that? Which was on purpose. To, oh sure. To get it. I mean, visually, oh, I'm okay. like, okay, this is what the this is why the movie was made for the for yeah. the hell scene. Yeah. You know, cause I, I get what I I get Olaf here. I understand what he's doing. Um, but the audio of that is just like the overlapping of, of people screaming and stuff. It so reminded me of any hell scene from a um, Coffin Joe movie, uh-huh. um, and it, it it's a bit much to take. It's a little little yep. painful on the ears after listening to it nonstop for like ten minutes straight. So I like it. It's, kind of, it's like an anthology though, too, with the multiple stories and everything. You know, so you, yeah. you kind of get a little a triple pack in one movie. You know. Yeah. So, uh, who else? I, I, I want to say my comments for last. So, who else? Uh, Terry, tell me how much you hated this movie. <laughs> well, um, definitely, yeah, I don't... I mean, it wasn't... I think I liked it a little better than Dare Bunker, actually. Oh, that's interesting. By the end of it. That's Whoa. cool. Just like, I mean... I guess, God, I don't even know what the fuck to say. Um, <laughs> I thought it was, it should have maybe had another story. Like, I felt like they were trying to do an anthology sort of yeah, feel, yeah. and it felt like, it, with just the, just the two stories, it didn't really feel like a complete anthology, if that's what they were going for. Um, the two stories they could really trim. Uh, actually, the two stories in the wraparound they could have really trimmed the fat. A There's lot, just a lot of yeah. nonsense in, in in all three of those. They could have trimmed the fat and and, and added another story, and then I think it would have been solid. For of sure. All, of all the things I thought you were going to say about this one, I wish it were longer. Was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, like I feel I, like I won't say anything. It would have been more well-rounded if they would have added a third one, because things in threes just feels better and more commonplace, I guess. But yeah, like they definitely needed to trim out a lot. Like you guys were talking about that hell scene was excruciatingly long. That was awful, <laughs> um, and the shot on film was a little. It got really annoying like how awful it was after like five minutes but I felt like the story I don't know like it was alright I like the idea of the the wraparound with the you know telling the babysitter telling the girl stories trying to scare her being a dick but I don't know it had it had potential to be better i feel like this would be a good one to revisit i mean that guy's probably not alive anymore that made it or is he 
No, he's Maybe still he's, he's still kicking. Yeah. yeah. He's still kicking. This was just in the nineties, wasn't it? This was like early nineties. Ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. So I mean it'd be one if he's still interested in making films, it'd be an interesting thing to revisit and do better. <laughs> oh, like remake his own movie, you mean? Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a second shot and trim it up and round it out and make it better and not shoot on a camcorder. Instead of cell phone. (laughs) All shot on iPhone. On an iPhone is going to look way better than what it is now. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I'm looking at this DVD cover, though. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's a collage of barf and awesomeness. I don't know. (laughs) Barf and awesomeness. This guy's legs getting ripped apart. That was pretty awesome shot yeah oh well no this is a dip this is the one with the intervision this is probably the one that yeah that's the one i've got the intervision yeah the one one you own yeah it's it's crazy i mean it looks like trash body parts faces barf and then there's probably a well dick in there somewhere but you know (laughs) (laughs) i just i felt like i wished our movies were this good oh i start out with i know it and it's clear to me that Permutos got better than this, so like it was, oh, you know, yeah. as far as his storytelling and his directing. And have you guys seen Permutos? Oh yeah, yeah I've got the yeah. um, um, was it Shaka Rama or whatever DVD back in the day. I've, and yeah, I, I, I haven't love seen that, that one. This is this is the only one of it in box movies that I've seen. So oh, because it's like his his. Five, so it's his Five. next movie after Burning Moon he made in 97 and it's leaps and bounds beyond yeah. Burning Moon so and well it's still SOV fucking blood and gore oh, yeah. but, it, but I have no problem with the SOV and I love yeah. the blood and gore but what you're saying is he got better as a he really did. Killer, so I should I probably so. actually check out Bermudos because I'd, I'd recommend it yeah. likely yeah. enjoy it yeah well, it's still a little wacky on the story because it's all, <laughs> you know, it's it's all supernatural, you know, heaven and hell and blah 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 and demons and shit. So, so there's definitely going to be stuff that doesn't make sense. I just, I just think it's a more solid film. Yeah. Now, uh, hang on. Since considering what we're talking about, I I feel I need to clarify. When you say demons and shit, are you talking <laughs> figurative or literal shit? <laughs> uh, I may have to go back and watch. There there could be a shit scene. There's a scene <laughs> where not, a guy... Why not both? <laughs> there's, there's a scene in the beginning where a guy uh, picks his nose and flicks the booger at somebody else and it, and it switches camera POV of the booger flying through the air. Yeah, that right there is enough to sell it. Good job. <laughs> right. So just like if Sam Raimi did an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, d- definitely. That's that's a perfect <laughs> way to describe Green <laughs> So, Tad, what about you and Burning Moon? Uh, I don't know. I it, The charm of it to me was that it was just like, like you said, the gore and, I don't know, even, even the worst... Of movies, when someone's you can tell someone's passionate about it, and you sort of can tell that they're uh, trying to do everything themselves with no money. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want to just shit on it because it's not well made, because um, it's not. You know, out of these three, this is my least favorite. But I can tell that a lot of love and work went into it, and mm-hmm, it, yeah. it gives it that little bit of charm when you watch something like that. You know. Definitely, I can I can sort of see where, um, I don't know. It's on like two ends of the spectrum between 
this and the other movies because it's not beautifully shot and it's not well acted but mm-hmm. they had you know clearly had they, they did something with nothing so I, I don't like to I'm not just gonna like I said I'm just not gonna just shit on on it but there was a lot of unintentional humor in it so I uh, I laughed quite a, quite a bit at stuff I probably wasn't supposed to be laughing at and this is one of those movies I was watching it um, I actually snuck into my uh, my office yesterday and was like I was I have two monitors I was working on one and I had the movie playing on the other so I could sort of watch that while I was doing it and it was like I hope to God my boss or nobody comes in <laughs> watching this. It's one of those movies where I'm like, you know, I would I would not watch this with anybody but you guys and uh, <laughs> I would hope that no one walked in while I was watching it because they would have a lot of questions. But It's the kind of movie you feel like you should be watching in a boiler room somewhere. Right. Yeah. It's that snuff film you find under your dad's bed that you shouldn't have found and like you can't help but to watch. <laughs> or maybe not. What am I talking about? <laughs> okay, so here's my two cents, um, which is probably going to be more like 500 cents, but yep. uh, on on Burning Moon. So um, I think I think you tapped into something there, Jason, when you talked about like it reminding you you of you know the days of, of you know gore gang movies and stuff, and I think that's why. I love movies like this, shot on video. I'm a, I'm a sucker for these movies from the 80s. These directive VHS releases that are shot on VHS. Shit like Cannibal Camp Out or 555 or um, uh, Boarding House, uh, Redneck Zombies, um, Video Violence. I love all of these like shitty shot on video movies. And maybe that it has something to do with it because you know that's how I started shooting movies was shot on video and it and they all look like shit and everything's grainy and you can you can hear you know you're using the on camera mic and so all you hear is you know in uh-huh. um, rainbows in between the edits and yeah. shit like that you know so I'm a sucker for it and I think that's why I'm also forgiving um, for films like this one where like it's it's poorly written but it, it's obviously made for the gore because damn that's all we did yep. we didn't write the we didn't write our movies we're just like let's think of different ways of dumping blood on each other that's basically the plot of all of our movies so so yeah so it does tap definitely tap into that for me now and the reason why i picked this movie is because like there was a full on late 80s early 90s movement in germany of these like DIY filmmakers shooting shit on video um, with no money, and you've you've got like Olaf here, who um, who I feel is kind of the the middle ground, and that's why I picked him because um, another another one that I love, um, and I know I've talked about it a lot, especially in uh, in Saints Picks, <laughs> um, trying to um, Andreas. Skinez, I don't know how to say his name, but the guy who did the Violent Shit movies. And as much as I love his stuff too, he's on the bottom of the barrel of what I'm talking about. And then you've got um, uh, the guy who did Necromantic. Um, I know Brian knows their names, but he just likes making me suffer. Uh, oh, Andreas <laughs> Schnoss and Jörg Butgrit. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, 
I, I didn't. I missed my cue. Apparently, that's that's okay. <laughs> I just figured you just like making me squirm trying to pronounce these things. Anyway, um, and I see I see him as the high end. Like as far as film, as far as quality of filmmakers go, um, Jorg is is like the high end of of these DIY gore fest filmmakers. You know, and you know the violent shit guy is on the low end. So Olaf to me was in the middle, and so like, and then of all of these movies from these different people, um, uh, uh, Primatos is my my hands down favorite of those. So I decided to go with with Olaf. That and the fact like it was the easiest one to find. Like it was boom right there on Shutter. Okay, done. I just hadn't seen Burning Moon yet, so I could I can. Um, you know, check that one off the list. So, um, yeah, several years ago, there was a fascinating two-part article in Fangoria magazine about these um, these gore German do-it-yourself shot-on-video filmmakers. And it's seriously, and these are the three main guys in it. But it was seriously like this whole crazy movement, and it just stemmed from just the repression. Um, repression of um of art in the media in germany at that time and and this, this was these guys's response to that and it's so crazy because like necromantic now is like um considered is like uh in is like uh in the museum of art in germany so it's like it's considered an it's considered a work of art in germany and that's insane to me yeah. but um but I get it at the same time, because these movies, to me, are always more than just um, a chance to do something gross and gory. You know, when you look at them on the surface, it's like, okay, these are a bunch of, like, you know, gore-hound teenage guys that just want to just go all out and do the grossest thing possible. But there's more to it than that. And the fact that these movies come from Germany, I think, speak a lot about you know, what these movies are, are, we're really trying to say, um, you know, they just do it in the most sophomoric way possible, which I'm fine with, because I, that's what, you know, I enjoy it, it's fun, you know, and their creativity on the gore has always impressed me, you know, uh, I, I know we've talked about in the past with Zombie Doom, aka Violent Shit Part, uh, Part 2, uh, t no, Part 3, that there's just some highly highly imaginative oh, gore yeah. that is, goes on in that movie. And and this movie shares the same thing. And, like, when it got to the hell scene, I, I, I got on the edge of my seat, and I'm like, here we go. Here's Olaf just going all Like Brian off. said, it was his resume. Yeah. His and he does, you know. I mean, I wish I would have muted it, because, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the soundtrack of that scene was was rather obnoxious and painful to the ears, but but for me, sitting through the rest of it, and there's still a lot of great gore in in um, in the first two stories, but when it gets to that hell scene, it's like okay, this is you know this to me is signature Olaf, you know. So so I picked this one because I thought it would be um, would be a again a decent middle ground. I didn't want to subject you guys to the violent shit movies or zombie 90 um because like i love you guys and i wouldn't do that I, to you guys i don't uh, mind the violent shit movies but zombie 90 can fuck right off yeah exactly right <laughs> um <laughs> but and then like the necromantic movies or detour skin or um 
uh, I forget a serial killer movie, but those Shram. Shram. <laughs> I, I thought those might be just a little bit too much for and for all of us on the show because they. Did they, you just say something about foreskin? The tortoise skin. The tortoise king. Yeah, that. yeah, the the, the death the, king. The death king. Yeah, I'll just do the American title, the death king, since <laughs> I apparently can't speak German. Um, <clears throat> you know, those movies, like, again, I feel like are the top of the line as far as quality goes of of this of this German movement. Um, but they are also the most extreme of any of them too. Yeah. So I just thought, like, you know, I don't want to. You know, make everybody sit through some of those either. So I just, I just figured this one would be a happy, happy middle ground. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, if you thought this one was Mike pulling a prank on you, he could have been much worse. Exactly. <laughs> but at the end of it, I, I still love it. You know, I, I still really enjoy it. And, um, um, you know, there was lots of it that made me laugh. Like I, I, I appreciate his detail work in his gore and yet he obviously can't get the um, clothing size of his actors correct because everybody's <laughs> wearing way oversized clothes like the killer in that first story and that giant buttoned all the way to the top uh, raincoat you know like, who buttons who buttons a raincoat all the way to the top like that unless it's actually raining out I mean, I do. <laughs> so yeah, so so I, I I still like the Burning Moon for what it is. It, it's 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 definitely not some great masterpiece of filmmaking, but it's fun. It's funny. It's gory. I liked it, and Jason liked it. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. So weird. All right. Somebody's getting drunk tonight. That's right. <laughs> Brian. No, I, I'm only on beer, too. I'm not oh. going too heavy tonight. <laughs> All right. So what's our uh, what's our third movie on the list? Who wants to... Uh, Nobody wants to it? say it because they don't want to describe it. Let's see what you've done. <laughs> oh, I mean, we can go all about the amazing Goodnight Mommy. I mean, come on now. Another amazing psychological horror film that is totally left open to interpretation at the end of the movie. So, phenomenal film. Tell us about it, Gary. Well, Good Night Mommy is about a, a mother who has just lost a child and a husband. And you really don't know that the other, what, the twin boy is dead because, oh, he's in the movie the whole freaking time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible at explaining this movie because it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Anybody want to well, Basically, that? you've got the two boys and their mother has just gone through cosmetic surgery, so she's under bandages. And they, um, are, they, they question that she's really their mother, so they're just tormenting her constantly and, you know, trying to get her to say that she's not their mom and I love that part of the movie cuz you really they make you really wonder. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's creepy as shit. Like what if they she really wasn't? This is fucked. Well, throughout the whole movie you think she is the villain or she is th yeah. this is a different person, you know, and it you 
you just want to you believe like these kids are like being tortured and tormented by this crazy lady and stuff but at the at the end of the day the, the boy was just psychotic yep. yeah i like too how it's obviously a movie with a uh, with a twist you could say but i don't want to say that that it's a twist because i feel like it's a gradual unveiling of things like it's it, there's not one moment that it's just like boom this movie's actually this uh-huh. you know it just like slowly it's not hinged on this just, one moment exactly it just slowly unravels through the whole thing that you start to realize well there's something not quite right with the kids and I'm like and then you're like oh wait a minute the mother never addresses the other kid you know so right. you go from you go from like the mom is the villain to like what's really going on with this kid so. <clears throat> Yeah, and I feel like we've talked about this one, I mean, it's not super old, so it's probably been a couple years, maybe, but I I like this movie, like, I feel like, especially the scenes, like, the super gluing her mouth shut was awful. Oh, right, yeah. It's, like, the worst part, but um, I thought it was predictable a little bit, because I remember... There's a scene in the opening credits where the boy where the boys are like in a tunnel or something, and the way that they shot it, I'm like, oh, there's only one. Like I knew when uh, the first time I was watching it that they they foreshadowed it a little too well. Maybe I don't know, or maybe I'm just good at picking that stuff out. But no, I, I feel like I've said that before about this one, but. Yeah. No, I didn't think if there was only one. I, you know, I was kind of that kind of like threw me like, oh, okay, makes sense now, but. You know, I, I mean, you really think that the, the boys are the bad guys from the get-go anyways. Like, that was going to be the big twist to the whole film, you know? Like, mom isn't really bad. It's just something's wrong with the boys. Right. And she kind of did it to herself, if you think about it, you know? Because, uh, like, wasn't it like she acted like... The, the, she kept telling him, I'll play the game again. Like, acting like your brother's still here and with us and stuff. So she kind of, like... Egg, egged it on that like hey he's still here and they act like you know they fed him as well even after he was dead which created that like whole thing in, in the what's his name uh, what are their names uh, Jacob or what oh I forget their f- names they're pretty close together um, Lucas and Elias Lucas and Elias yeah. thank you yes yeah you know and so uh, they thought he was he, you know he kind of developed that whole a live version of his twin brother in there because his mom kind of created that anyways it's funny just, story. Those are their actual names. Yeah. The boys. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's just weird. Maybe they wouldn't respond to anything else. <laughs> we watched I Saw the Devil last episode. Yeah. There's kind of a similar, not a second sibling. Yeah. Thing. You're making that look. You don't remember? You I mean the Tale of Two Sisters? Or Tale of Two yeah. Sisters. Oh, oh, okay. Right, right, right. I'm like, what? Wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely seems, right. Yeah, tell two sisters. There seems to be a similar. lot of that, like an imaginary person. Like that seems to be a common motif in the last decade. There's a lot of movies that feature like a, a ghost or you know a figment of someone's imagination or someone yeah. with a mental illness is imagining something. Or yeah, I wonder why that is. It's the new uh-huh. trend. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes, yes. But 
you know, it kind of seems seems like every decade gets when it comes to horror gets analyzed for for similar themes and what how and what's reflecting on society at that time for those themes to come out. So, well, it could just be you know, there's a lot of there's a lot more emphasis on mental illness and it's more widely recognized and things like that. Maybe it's something to do with that. It's because man's the monster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I like this movie, but it's my least favorite from ton- from tonight's movies. Uh, it's, it's a bit slow, and I think I realize now where I'm having problems with these, like, slow movies... I don't think it's so much much the fact that they're slow, but if you don't give me a score, then you need to pick up the pace. Just like the fact that this movie had, and I'm not even just talking about music. There's just like pure moments of silence in this movie, and it just bugged the you shit out of me. You can't do it. No, it annoys me. But what if that's that's fine? The it's not for me. That, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's if that's kind their of intention, the place of the boys. If that's like, their intention, that's great. I get it. You didn't say that during a quiet place. <laughs> Just so, <laughs> so what did everyone else think of uh, this movie? Just another one of these damn things. One of these damn movies. <laughs> Not a fan of it. No. Again, as as Terry was saying, it's just there was something in the water (laughs) somewhere around that time period. That just there was like a influx of lots of. There's two characters, and one of them is a ghost, or in somebody's head, or it's yeah, not a trope I'm particularly fond of anyway. And uh, the the whole proceedings just seemed kind of generic. Um, There were some standout scenes like. Terry said again, the super glowing lip shut or the thing at the end with the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it certainly had its moments. It wasn't without merit at all, but yeah. it's not something I would ever choose to sit down and watch again. It, that, I mean, once she's tied up, that's when the movie really picked up for me. You know, that, you know, from there on out, that, that's when it was like solid and that's when I really loved it, enjoyed it the most. It just took forever to get there. So, and there were some things that annoyed me that you know felt a little like echoes of the bunker type of thing, or like where she walks out into the woods and her head goes all freaky, and the kids say, like, "Show me your birthmark." Like, is she their mom or is she not? I I actually thought they were gonna go for um, that she had been replaced by a changeling because they live near the woods, and then right. it was a, a whole lot more mundane than that. And it's like even it started that to seem like it, yeah, yeah. like they're gonna change it up like that. Yeah, what is with that scene? I forgot about that, where she goes in the woods and she does that super head... She gets naked and does that super head-shaky shit. And then just suddenly the next scene is she's back with no bandages on and her face is healed and everything's fine. And there's not a whole lot in the movie to give you any indication of time passage. So they don't really like... You don't have much to... uh, to gauge on how much time is supposed to have passed, if it was a reasonable amount of time for her to have completely healed from her operation, or if something yeah. more sinister had happened, and that's why she's just boof suddenly better now. Or wait, wait, wasn't there like a, a, a shot right after that with her head shaking that somebody woke up out of a sleep? Maybe. 
maybe. So I thought may- maybe that was a dream sequence. M- might know. have been me. I might have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely me. It could have been something with inside her own insanity of her head because she was going through all that stuff anyways, you know, wanting to go back to work. Well, she was like a, a TV caster, like a newscaster or something like that, right? And yeah. that's why she got the plastic surgery done, you know, because she was trying to help, you know, make herself look pretty again and feel confident enough to go back to work. And she's trying to deal with all these demons of losing her husband and her son and everything like that. And now her only son's trying to kill her because they think that's not the right, the real person. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't, like, a cat get killed and put in the aquarium or something like that, too? Yeah. 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 What's, what's with those fucking hissing cockroaches? Those things are nasty. Yeah, and there's the cockroaches, too, right? Yeah. Because she has a fit about them. Like, don't bring any sticks or animals or anything in the house, but she lets them keep a giant terrarium full of cockroaches. I find that yeah. a little hard to swallow. <laughs> uh, was that was that an intentional pun after that hard scene where they, they let oh, one crawl in no. her mouth? <laughs> well, and that, that's another thing. Did that actually happen, or was that in the kid's head, too? Cause, I know, right? Because then there's later that weird scene where he's... Is, uh, like hallucinating or fantasizing or whatever, cutting her open, and they all come crawling out of her. But obviously, yeah. that wasn't, you know, that was part of the kid's insanity. Yeah. This one definitely doesn't have the rewatch fac- factor to it because I um, I watched it when it sort of first came out and gave it a rewatch, obviously for the podcast. And like, there is almost too much foreshadowing i mean obviously you can't unwatch it but it had been a while to the point where i didn't really remember it but then it only took like a few little things for me to go oh okay now i remember exactly yeah what this is and but but it's also sort of cool to rewatch because it um you pick up on little things that you might have missed that were clearly clues to the fact that there's only one you know twin mm-hmm like she was saying, he, um, the mom only addresses once throughout the, the whole movie, and it's like, well, yeah, now it's really obvious, but... Yeah, and um, Lucas, the imaginary one, never uh, directly addresses her. He always talks through the other one. Yeah. That stuff's always fun to when rewatching. I always thought. I remember this being one of the... I don't know, like, there was a boom on the internet, and I think this was the one um, where the trailer was sort of going viral around the internet, and, like, the the clickbait was, like, you know, the scariest trailer ever made, you know, and I feel like this almost started that trend, because it's still going with, you know, it follows, you know, people did it with that, then, um, I mean, just, it's, it's like Veronica, people did that with that, and... It's it's just all these horror sites that are doing it and, and trying to get clicks and it it to me it like it really hurts you know the the movie in the end because it, while it gets people to watch it everybody watches it and they're like oh it's not that scary and it's not exactly. the movie it's, it's not the studio that's doing it it's not the movie that you know they don't they aren't to blame it's these damn clickbait ads and I feel like that was the first time I I recognized that because I remember the still of the mother and the bandages and people were just oh yep. my god this is this is terrifying and by the time i watched the movie i was like this isn't scary it's really cool like i like the movie but it's not at all like it's not that scary yeah, and i think I in the trailer they should that. Been... oh go ahead, go ahead. i was gonna I was say saying, I remember... <laughs> <laughs> and go 
I just remember all the hype too, and that's why I didn't watch it when it first came out because I was kind of done with hype movies at that point. No, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It was like because even in the trailer, didn't they show the boys like standing over her with the masks on? Those those yeah. masks are really yeah. cool looking, you know, kind of creepy and stuff. Like something only a child would make, but like super like disturbing. But they showed totally that as, like, context. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, the, the, I, I'm kind of tired as well. Like the whole trailer bait stuff. Like make a trailer like so badass just to make you want to watch a movie, but it's really just that was probably the best part of the movie was the trailer itself. It never really seems to help the movie. Never. And it probably made Mike watch it as well. There was more of a score in the trailer than there was in the movie, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, dudes. Don't watch trailers. It makes movies way better. (laughs) It's gotten to the point now where when I see those um, clickbait headlines that are like the scariest, whatever, I... Now I do. I feel the opposite, and I'm like, "Oh, it probably is a piece of shit, or it sucks." And when I finally get around to watching it, I'm like, "Oh, this isn't as bad as I was thinking." You know, it has the opposite effect on me now. But, but it just like my Facebook just gets flooded with like when Veronica, you know, yeah. hit Netflix. It was like I was already pissed by like the second day. I'm like, because it was either the article's all posting how great it was and then my friends that don't watch a lot of obscure horror were all posting one they were complaining that there was um subtitles which fuck off and uh-huh. two um just saying you know this th- this is not at all scary like they are saying who's they the the studios that are or the the horror sites that want your clicks like you know, yeah. that that's yeah. your stupid fault for they're just for that trying shit, to so. get people to watch it yeah yeah yeah, and it and it just uh, irritates me. That's you know maybe instead of not watching trailers, I should just stay off social media. But <laughs> that too. So yeah, but I I really do. I, I remember loving this one. I watched it with some friends, and like I said, it was one of those. It sort of had the uh, opposite effect where I, I waited to watch it, and um, by the time I got around to watching it, the the hype had sort of died down, and because it it was actually I feel like all the clickbait stuff was about the trailer and after that there was really nothing about the movie itself right it's a it's a it's a great one-time watch you know the first i was excited i I loved it when i first saw it but i mean you really don't need to watch it again it doesn't have the same like like you know when you rewatch the shining because that's like my most favorite psychological horror film ever it's like there's a lot of stuff you can catch over and over again you kind of leave it you know like open to interpretation this one on you know on the other hand it's like yeah you see it, you learn it, you know, and the ending itself, I mean, I don't know, if, you know, how you guys interpret the ending. I, like, I take it as, like, they all died, you know, and there's all happy family again. That's how I assume, too. Yerp. Yeah, I didn't revisit this one because I felt like I didn't need to. Uh, we watched it for, it must have been, the, like, maybe the 2015 year-end episode. It was only a couple years back. Yeah, it had to have been a year-ender, because this is my first time yeah. seeing it. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, but, yeah, it's alright. But, I don't feel the need to rewatch it. Right. <laughs> yeah, cool. I see it, like, I've seen it at Target before. Like, I was like, oh, do I want to pick it up and put it in the collection? And I'm like, eh, it's like $5. Like, why? And I'm like, man, nah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how many times are you going to pop it in and watch it once you... It, it, like, we had already talked about, you know, it's not something that... Once you get... You see the uh, 
twist and you you have that in your mind it's not as rewatchable so exactly and i mean i have plenty of movies in my collection that i bought out of like oh i'll just put it in the collection just to have it just in case and i think they're still shrink wrapped you know so yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, we're all, all there, all there. Yep. <laughs> i'm really bad about that but you know for some reason that that movie i just i, I see it and i'm like nah i'm good yeah well cool okay so yeah so those are the movies that we had picked for this episode and when i say we i mean i <laughs> All three totally recommended. That's right. <laughs> well, not necessarily from everybody, but um, <clears throat> but uh, what else? What other good German horror movies are there? My brain instantly went to Necromantic. You know, when you said German, yeah, yep. Not just because that I was really some of like the that one. first ones you made me watch when we became friends. You're like, hi, I'm I'm Insane Mike. Sit down. Let's watch these. Let me... <laughs> watch this guy stab himself in the stomach and cum blood everywhere. <laughs> the best is the little blood cum bubble that pops up at one point. That's my favorite. Um, Did you know that uh, soundtrack to that got put out on vinyl and the color is blood and semen splatter? Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, I need that. Guess what I have on my record show? Oh, of course. Blood and semen? <laughs> yes, that's yes. what it is. <laughs> also, that soundtrack, but two, those two things. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of the Necromantic movies. I just know it de- they definitely would not it's be just for that taboo thing got there's, you right away. There's bunny yeah. violence in the first one, so that wouldn't go over well here. No, not at all. It, considering all the all the other very disturbing content that goes on in that movie, yes, it's the, definitely the reverse... Um, reverse gutting of a bunny that's in the movie, and it, and it serves no purpose. It's just it's intercut with this guy committing suicide. Just here's this thing from a butcher shop we found. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they killed the rabbit for the movie. I think that was like the rabbit was going to go that way anyway. But well, yeah, I think you're right though, because like the the film stock looks a little different between the bunny footage and the um. And the death scene, right? You know, but uh, but I I also find those movies hilarious. Like if you really oh just, absolutely if you really just stop and think about it, like so necromantic. It's about it's about a couple that you know they they're together and whatnot, and um, um, you know, but they get their kicks by bringing home dead bodies and having sex with them, and the guy you know. Because the guy's a paramedic, so yeah. he has access to the morgue. And yeah, and he brings home this one time. He brings home this extremely gruesome dead body, and they go to town on it. And she ends up falling in love with the dead body and leaves him for the dead body. And so he's distraught because the love of his life has left him, and he commits suicide. So now that he's dead, she loves him again and digs Yay. his body back up for part two. <laughs> Hilarious. story and and I think they're funny on purpose I don't think it's just the absurdity of the situation makes oh. you laugh at it because it's dumb I no. I think that uh, Georg is a smart enough filmmaker that he knows damn well that it's it's so gross that it goes over the top into comedy on purpose oh a hundred percent absolutely absolutely because on you know unlike burning moon there's and as 
sick and twisted as it is, there's there's more story going on in the necromantic movies than than there than there is just the gruesome gore. So, and like take part two, you know, part two, there's not even that a ton of like really gruesome gory scenes. Yeah, part two is a lot. Like it's it's maybe a little higher quality. Yeah. Of a film, but it's not as much it's not just exuberantly gross as the first one is and, and as much fun, but Yeah. Well I'm trying it's been so long since I've seen part two. Doesn't she get a job as like um doing voiceover work for porn movies? Yes. <laughs> See, so how can you take any of this seriously? And then she decides <laughs> she wants her, her rotting corpse to still have a handsome face, so she takes to killing other people and cutting their heads off and sticking them on the dead body so she's got something pretty to look at while she fucks yeah. it up. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was reverse. She kept the head of her of the or man. Is it, she she, kept she the, keeps the head and starts fucking fresh bodies. Okay, maybe it is. It's yeah. been a while since I've watched it too. Because spoiler, oh, spoiler alert for the final scene where she's with that one guy the, uh-huh. and cuts his head off, puts and like then does the rubber does the twist tie around the penis so it'll stay erect. Grabs the head out of the fridge, puts it on top, and then goes to town. Yeah. As I like how that's still, the spoiler alert right there. That it's is, like, oh. That's how the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> The climax of the film. Uh, the climax. More, way, more ways than one. Sometimes dead is better. Brian, <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, and it's a spoiler alert in more ways than oh. one. <laughs> Definitely oh. my head is spoiled, that's for sure. I'm spoiled. Brian, did spoiled, you ever... Uh, spoiled the climax. <laughs> did you ever see the documentary about those two movies called Corpse Fucking Art? Oh my no, god. No, I have not. There, <laughs> I mean, there, there is a band called Corpse Fucking Art. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Grind band, yeah. Yeah, I've I never seen the There's doc- a documentary about this. Yeah, the, I never saw the documentary. Film Threat put it out back in the day when they when they had a very short-lived video distribution label. Um, and I never got I never got my hands on that one. I, I've n- I have still not seen the documentary, and I had still not seen um, Jorg's last movie, the, what's it, what's it called again, the serial killer one? Shram. Shram. Yeah, Shram. I've got that one too. Uh, Cult Epics put most of his stuff out on Blu-ray, and I ordered. I tried to get like a whole big slug of them, and I ordered Necromantic, Necromantic Two, and Shram, and Necromantic had gone out of stock. Like as oh. I hit the purchase button, so I didn't get the. A friend of mine has it, and I borrowed his. But every re- you re- you every U.S. release of that movie always instantly goes out of stock. Doesn't matter if it was the VHS or the DVD yeah. or the Blu-ray, just boom. It's Instantly one of the most notorious on. movies ever, so it's yeah. pretty widely sought after. Yeah. So so but is Shram is okay. It's not it's not as good as the two necromantic movies. I don't think it it's a little more meandering. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little more like Necromantic too, where it kinda takes a while takes to get to while. the gross stuff. And the gross stuff in Shram is never you know, never approaches the the heights of Necromantic. <laughs> it's hard to top that. Um, and you've seen the Death King too, correct? I have not. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Is is that still on Shutter? I know it was at one point. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look. But you're right. I know it, it was at one time. Now it's it's a it's a completely different film. It's yeah. It's, that's it's, a documentary, isn't it? Or kind of like a Faces of Death type. Kinda. Like it, a montage movie. Faces of Death is interesting that you say that. I would say it's a mixture between um, Richard Linkletter's Slacker. And Faces of Death. 
So okay. it's it's still like it's still a fictional film, but all it is is just a montage of people dying and committing suicide. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's Sometimes. like it's on the list. I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. So there's there's no real narrative to it. So it's it's definitely far more of an an what you would say an art house piece probably in comparison to his other works, but. Uh, but again, you know, it's got some gruesome stuff in it. Like, there's a there's a scene in it where, um, oh, speak, you know, speaking of the bonus episode with Nazis, uh, there's a scene. Uh, it's in black and white with this Nazi. Nazis got these guys, this guy strapped to a wall, and they take out hedge trimmers and chop his dick off with the hedge trimmers. And you know we've all seen dick chopping scenes before, right? You know, but like this oh, one yeah. is extremely gruesome because. I don't know what um, latex they used, or how dull the blades were on the hedge trimmers, but, but they got to chew at it a little bit. They have to oh. chew at it and twist oh. it in order to get to get it cut off. Damn it! Far more oh. disturbing than just a chomp. How do you, how do you rank that in your all time top five dick chopping scenes, there, Mike? That's probably <laughs> maybe number one. Yeah, maybe number one. That's a high uh, high recommendation right there. That's right. All right. <laughs> With Thinking all the- of dick chopping scenes, there's a movie called Cannibal from the early 2000s, I think, that is based on the true story of the uh, Wustenfeld man-eater, uh, that guy who put the ad in the uh, in the newspaper about he wanted someone to eat him. Oh, and then an actual cannibal answered it, and they cut his dick off and ate it together before the guy killed him and ate the rest of him. <laughs> and, and most of it comes off as just a slightly cockeyed, like, gay romance movie with, like, five minutes of dick eating at the end. <laughs> actual dick eating, not, like, normal Five minutes. Eating. Yeah. yeah. You might as well save it. Stay tuned for the next episode, Dick Trauma. Oh, no, I thought we do an episode on dick trauma. I, I thought we were doing blood and semen. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's, they go hand in hand. hand and and oh, <laughs> with special guest uh, Dave Brocky's ghost from Guar. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> uh, what other? What other <laughs> honorable mentions? German or? horror movies are out there besides the most disgusting stuff imaginable. Well, there's the classic Nosferatu. Fuck yes. Yeah, if yeah, you really think go. about it, like a lot of a lot of horror star- a lot of horror films started with Germ in Germany with the German mm-hmm. expressionists, you know, like Nosferatu and Cabinet Doctor Calare and Der Golem. Yep, Der Golem. <laughs> yep. And say another new one that I kind of enjoyed was uh, We Are the Night. I almost put that one on the list. Um, what's that one about again? Um, basically about a trio of uh, female vampires being hunted down by a cop sort of a deal. Cool, cool. Cause that, that one's just like a couple years old, right? Or something like that? It was like 2010 or 11. <clears throat> and it's pretty good? It was alright. I mean, I, I feel like I remember enough of it that I enjoyed it, but I don't remember a whole bunch, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> I remembered enough 
t- say that I enjoyed it. That's all I got. <laughs> Any others? I'd like to give a little hat tip to the uh, Werner Herzog Klaus Kinski Nosferatu remake from 1979, which, you know, typically when people are talking about horror remakes and they say, oh, yeah, there's, you know, some remakes are better than the original, and they say the thing and they say the fly. Not a lot of people say uh, that version of Nosferatu, but I honestly think it's, I mean, the original is phenomenal. I love the original Nosferatu, yeah. but I think the Herzog one might be just a little bit better. I, is and, that- uh, is that still mm-hmm. on Shutter? Because I've been meaning to watch that for years now, and I never. I don't know. I just picked up the Scream Factory Blu-ray when it came out because it's one I'd always wanted to see but never got around to, and then came out on Blu-ray. It's like, well, time to buy this. Her- Herzog is one of those directors that I want to get into dive more, into. Mm-hmm. dive into more. I just, I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. So he, uh, well, the Nosferatu, like I said, that's great. Um, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, that is fucking odd. Like, there's a shot at the end of that movie that I dare you to figure out how they did it. It's this endless camera pan around Kinski as this conquistador on a raft in the middle of the Amazon River, and they didn't use a boat or a helicopter to do it. Mm. It's like, how the fuck did they... There, there were no remote-controlled drones back then. What, anyway? Well, there's a lot of horror stories about the making of that movie. So. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a documentary <laughs> about that that I dearly love to see because apparently that's the one that they like were pulling guns on each other and yeah, that it almost came to murder a few times on the set. <laughs> but I've seen a bunch of his documentaries, and as a guy who just like when you're watching one of his regular like just. You know, movie movies. Those yeah. are tend to be really good, at least the older ones that I've seen. But his documentaries, he annoys me as a documentarian because I hate his voiceover. Oh, he comes off as such a tool. <laughs> nice. Did you ever see uh, even dwarves get small? Started small. No. Or, oh, started small. Yeah. Yeah, that one's on. <laughs> that one's on Shout TV. I keep meaning to watch that one too. So yeah, that's just. Not why well, not the the midgets as a cinematic novelty thing never really grabbed me. I guess so. It's, I mean, I love the sinful dwarf. Don't get me wrong, but what? No love for terror in Tiny Town? Oh my God! The one time I saw that, it played at B Fest. Oh no way! The, the the music and the voices <laughs> in that movie are all so shrill. Yeah, and they have kind of a they don't always get the volume right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was played at like cranked up to eleven volume, and it was excruciating. I had to leave the theater. I couldn't sit through it because it was like getting power drills jammed in your ears. <laughs> oh, it's classic. Little power drills. Yes, tiny ones. <laughs> little, little dentist drills. <laughs> and going back to German horror movies, Mark of the Devil from nineteen seventy. Yes, Fantastic. yes, good one. Udo Kier plays a uh, a witch finder who. Uh, his boss is Herbert Lom, and uh, he sees him come. I forget exactly what the crime is, but he sees him do something that is like very much against their code, and starts, you know, it causes this collapse of his faith in what they're doing, and he winds up getting tortured at the end. And for 1970, there's some pretty ghastly torture sequences. That is a good one. That's a really good one. And that was another one of those two that was like. It's like infamously banned in so many countries or whatever. Anybody got any others? 
Alright. Well, cool. So that wraps up talking about horror movies uh, from Germany. Uh, we're going to take a quick break oh, here. What? I just rem- Sorry. That's okay. I just remembered I watched one specifically to talk about on here and completely forgot about it. Uh-oh. It's actually, no, close. it's actually better than that suggests. The Nightmare. Their Nightmare is also on Shudder. And oh. it's another it's another weird arty one, but it tells a little more of a story that kind of kept. It's about this girl who goes to a party and they're taking drugs and all this stuff, and she may or may not have gotten hit by a car. And then uh, later on, this creepy little goblin thing starts following her around at her house and stuff, and, and it it gets pretty weird. But it's, for a second, I thought you were talking about the documentary, The Nightmare. No. I'll have to check okay. that one out. Is that is that mm-hmm. where'd you see that one was? Is that on That's not shut. Okay. Definitely we'll check that one out. Cool. Alright. Cool. So let's take a break. When we come back, it's shout outs time here on Attack of a Killer Podcast. We'll be right back. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. See? I told you we'd be right back. It's (laughs) shout-outs time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Take it away, shout-outs! It's time for... Shout-outs! Okay, just ask what everybody's favorite German horror film was. We've got a bunch of responses on Facebook. Up first, I need your help, Mike. I hope you had it pulled up. No, oh, I don't. got to get to the shout-outs, because uh, Peter Parker left a pretty Spider-Man? good... Spider-Man? No. Damn it. Every time. But he... Oh, that's right. He oh. He wanted... He suggests uh, our help, your help, All right, I'm in working this on it. If, I know he's like, getting there. I'm just trying to stall he says, I suggest Mike reads the German titles and Jason reads the American equivalent. So I'll read what, what's in the, in the parentheses. You read the rest. This is bullshit. Hold on. Well, <laughs> I think it's great because you chickened out of opening the show in some German stuff that I think you had prepared. I did. I totally did. So, I, I looked up welcome in German, and then when it came time, you like, bailed there. hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, oh, just, I'm sorry, I can't find it. Might as well just go on. Oh, it's right there. And it's right there. Yep. This? Yep, right there. Click that. There you go. Okay. Just start reading, I'll read in the parentheses. Go. Peter oh, Parker God. says. Well, first one's Nosferatu. I got it. Yep. In. Symphonie des Moines Grandes. <laughs> Nosferatu, a symphony of terror. Close. Not at all. Das Cabinet da des Dr. Caliarge. <laughs> accent was that? The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Itchy sneeze, itchy sneeze. Sneeze? Is anyone else? Are you even trying? That's good night, Mommy. How many syllables is that? 
Blood Glacier. I forgot about Blood Glacier. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's all. That's all. You can you can quit. I don't know what you. And I pulled something. Yeah. Um, it says and and one easy to read but hard to watch and still one of his favorites. Funny games. Yeah, Funny Games is good too. First time he watched it, my, his father joined him in the living room. After the boy got killed, he silently got up and left the room. <laughs> Jean-Claude Camp Campbell Moreira. Shit. He says, Funny Games is awesome, although technically not German. I don't know what... It's I'm not? not? I'm not getting into I semantics. think it's like a German director or something. Maybe yeah. that's... Oh, okay. Because I was thinking about that earlier, like Funny Games, but it's just the director's German. So Great movie, though. Sort of counts. Okay. Jack Christensen says, I second and third Nosferatu. For both the uh, Murnau and the Herzog versions, uh, Tenderness of the Wolves from the early '70s is pretty good. Oh, that's that. uh, isn't that is that Bergman? Who wait, who did? No, that? that's that's Uli Lommel, the oh. guy who made all those direct-to-video boogeyman movies in the early 2000s. Oh, oh shit, the, that was way off then. Okay, Tenderness yeah. of the Wolves. <laughs> two, Sounds good. Two different sides of the spectrum there. Up next, we got Bobby Foy. She says Nosferatu is the only one coming to mind, but it is a solid choice. She is right. Andrew Moeller says The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Nosferatu, good night, mommy. Nick Leadham <laughs> says Always had a soft spot for Killer Condom. How have we gone this far into the episode and not brought up Killer Condom? Seriously. Thank that you. was on what I don't remember what the episode was, but we did that on an episode before. Oh, I we're okay. the trauma one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was for the trauma episode. That's it was the trauma one. Yeah. yeah. The last time I was on here, Weird. oh, it ties it all together. Small world. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Matthew J. Stacy says, "I've always loved the violent shit films. Yeah, the first three particularly. There's someone else in the world who likes." Oh, I, I forgot to mention earlier, like, um, I can't remember who said it about, like, how Olaf Shirley has gotten better as a filmmaker, but if you've seen all the shot, violent shit movies, you know that's not always true of every filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. It can get worse. <laughs> because you can also get just good enough to suck. Yeah. <laughs> not, not bad enough to be funny, not good enough to be actually good, just, you know. Oh, Calvin Goodlickson says, Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horror, the 1922 version. Our pal Don Anelli, he says, words, uh, Timo Rose's Mutation franchise, Premutos, Lord of the Living Dead, yeah, and Wolf Wolfson's Beast Undead. Will also support the violent shit films and Shinas's later Anthropophagus remake. Oh, I forgot he like didn't he call it Anthrop Anthropophagus Part Two or I can't remember. No, wait, no, that was um. Anyway, move on. And up next, we got Jeff Strain with some interesting ones. He says, "Night of the Living Dorks." <laughs> I have speaking. <laughs> 
speaking of like buying movies and and not opening them, I have that movie on DVD. I've still have never watched it. Well, now you can. You should. You're motivated. I remember the trailer. It's yep. funny. Jeff also mentions Anatomy. Now I love Anatomy. I almost brought that one up. That that is a, I really recommend that one. Up next, we got Kier Arts. I'm not sure if these are three different things, because I'm not good with. I think yeah, I think words. the first part's just uh, speaking in German. M. Durfan. <laughs> Necromantic. So you're saying he's a fan of Necromantic? Oh, okay. Yeah, M and Durfan are two different things. I'm not 100 percent sure what Durfan is, but M is uh, uh, got Peter Lorre in it. And I, I, is that a oh. F.W. Murnau movie, I think? Same guy who did Nosferatu? I yeah, could be wrong totally about the director, is. but I know it's got Peter Lorre in it anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And lastly on Facebook, we got our buddy Jacob McLaughlin. He says, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Nosferatu are two of my all-time favorite classic horror films. Both are still genuinely creepy almost a hundred years later. Need to watch both those again. That's right. That's all we have on Facebook. Uh, over, oh yeah, I was gonna, over on Twitter we didn't have anybody. Um, but I wanted to thank Sean Clary at the Sean Clary for at least uh, reposting, retweeting, looking for shout outs. But, so I appreciate the help. Anyway, that's all we got for shout-outs. You can also, anytime, just call in to our number and leave a voicemail, and then we'll play your voicemail on the show at the end of shout-outs. You can call 415-952-6857. It's also 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. Woo! Ooh. Can we say anything on the shout-outs if we make, leave a voicemail? Yes. Yes. Yes, what oh you my do, goodness. Gary. I vote the, for the, yes, exclamation point. <laughs> the, the, the possibilities are going to be endless now. You know, you might get some weird 3 o'clock drunken voicemail from Scary Gary That's sometime. Exactly in the future. what I want. That's what he wants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mike let the copy of Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics he'd been reading fall to his lap and rubbed his weary eyes with the heels of his hands. More than a dozen doctorates stood out crisp and white in their frames against the dark wood-paneled walls of his study. Books on all the sciences, philosophies, and histories of man since the beginning of recorded time sat in piles on every available surface. Mike looked around in his accumulated life's work and sighed. All the knowledge man had ever learned at his fingertips, and he was bored to tears. He stood and walked to a shelf laden with occult tomes and picked one out. He flipped to a marked page, hesitated for a moment, and then began to read the incantations scribbled out in an ancient Mesopotamian dialect that hadn't been given voice in over 3,000 years. For a moment, nothing happened. Then, with a flash of lightning and a crack of thunder that nearly shook the windows from their casements, a figure stood before him. Its skin had the color and texture of congealed sausage gravy. One red eye glared at him from deep within a sunken socket. Where the other eye would have been had the creature conformed to earthly biology, a swollen black tongue lolled back and forth and slapped wetly against the thing's cheek. It had a great mane like a lion, except instead of golden hair, it was made of pallid, squirming penises. I am Mephiscrophules, the thing said in a hoarse voice. <laughs> what would you have of me? 
I have learned all there is to know, said Mike. I need something new to explore. Teach me to plumb the depths of cinematic filth and sleaze. Very well, said the creature, but all bargains come with a price. At the end of your journey, you will join me in hell. Mike held out his hand and shook the demon's oily paw. He would spend the rest of his life in the study of the most reprehensible exploitation films known to man, and he would have plenty of time to figure out a way to outsmart the demon before he died. Years passed, and Mike had blasted his soul with the worst of the worst. His curiosity was satisfied, his mind satiated. He was on his way to the kitchen to make a Brunschweiger sandwich for lunch when a peal of thunder <laughs> shook the house, and his walking frame fell out from under him. As his wizened form tipped forward, he had just enough time to think, No, I haven't figured out how to beat the demon, before his skull shattered on the floor. When Mike came to, Mephiscrophiles was leaning over him, holding out a hand to help him up. Warily, Mike let the demon pull him to his feet, and was immediately pushed down onto what he first assumed was a couch. It turned out to be an enormous scrotum, which wrapped its steel-wire strong pubes around his arms and legs, <laughs> pinning him in place. <laughs> The demon leaned over and propped <laughs> Shut up, you're making me break character. The demon leaned over and propped his eyelids open with bone fragments, then walked over to a home theater setup and put a DVD in the player. What are you doing? Mike asked. I fulfilled my end of the bargain. Now it's time for yours. The demon picked up a remote control, hit play, and tossed the remote into a flaming pit that opened up in the floor. Mike's eyes moved back to the TV screen, bone slivers scraping against his corneas. The title card of Batman and Robin came up, and Mike began to scream. <laughs> Welcome to hell, said the demon. Welcome to Insane's Picks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is hell. <laughs> uh, the demon or... went from a the demon went from demon to Megatron really fast. <laughs> it, it, it I was, was just trying to spit the last line out before I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um I'm gonna have nightmares tonight after that. <laughs> Being strapped down Clockwork Orange style watching Michael Bay movies or something. Um, oh, yeah. So, Saints picks for this episode, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't have one prepared, um, so I'm pulling one out from the vault of something I watched months ago for the first time, and I put it on the back burner for that one time of like, hmm, I'm going to hold off until I can't, until I uh, wait to the last minute to uh, pick a movie for Saints picks. So, this is that occasion, and I'm going with... Um, 2015's Plan 9, directed by John Johnson. Um, basically a remake of the Ed Wood film Plan 9 from Outer Space. In a sense, anyway. Uh, it features uh, Brian Krause, Amy Hart, and a ton, ton of other characters, including uh, some familiar faces like Conrad Brooks shows up in the movie. Uh, Jerry Moore, who's um, Carlos Borloff from Monster Madhouse, and even Mr. Lobo from Cinema Cinema Insomnia. So we got some TV horror hosts thrown into the mix. Mr. Lobo plays Criswell, of all people, and even the director John Johnson himself shows up as Officer Kelton, reprising that character. 
So Plan 9 is a story of Nilbog, a small town with a big story. Uh, the beginning of an invasion. There's aliens that have um, a different plan for the inhabitants of Earth. Uh, their plan is to resurrect the dead as their own army, set with one goal, to wipe out all of mankind. This night will decide the fates of all who walk the planet and and thought they were the top of the food chain. Now the movie is shot um, it's it's shot very well uh, considering um, it's it's low budget uh, and it looks so it, and it's got some pretty decent production value. It's got some really great uh, crowd scenes with zombies and whatnot. Um, but a ton and ton of characters, almost a little bit too much to follow. Kind of, uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of like Mars Attacks with the uh, the amount of characters that we get introduced to in this film. Of course, my favorite being Mr. Lobo, who's basically playing Criswell. The movie starts off with him as Criswell um, re redoing the Criswell predicts at that open the original Plan Nine from Outer Space, but the fourth wall is broken as the director says cut. And and tells and tells Mr. Lobo he's got to do a, um, a better job at impersonating Criswell. Um, at which point Mr. Lobo throws a fit, cusses out the director, and then the movie starts from there. Um, so basically, Mr. Lobo is really playing himself. He's dressed the same and looks the same as his character, um, Mr. Lobo from Cinema Insomnia. So there's some really cool scenes that I love where. It's so contrasty where he's trapped, like um, the Mr. Lobo character is trapped in this convenience store with zombies trying to break in with all these other survivors um, trying to barricade themselves in there. And it's just all these typical normal people and then boom, here's this horror host guy dressed in this like weird tux. So I find that contrast interesting and hilarious and funny. Uh, Jerry Moore, who plays Carlos Borloff in Monster Madhouse, he basically is reprising Gene Simmons' character from um, Trick or Treat, because he's just the DJ that kind of narrates throughout the whole movie. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, it has a lot of fun nods at, at the original film, a lot of tributes to the original film, um, and a lot of other so bad that they're good movies uh, beyond Plan Night from Outer Space. Uh, for example, um, it's a little bit longer. Uh, for example, the name of the town being Nilbog is obviously taken from Troll 2. Um, there's definitely a Tor Johnson lookalike, a Bella Lugosi character, and a Vampira character um, that you know kind of follow the same fates as the characters in the original movie. Um, they, they give a much better explanation as why uh, the Bela Lugosi character is walking around in a cape in this movie than in the original movie. Uh, at, at times it feels like the movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Uh, if it wants to be a serious remake of the original or a satire of, of Ed Wood and other bad movies. Um, and I also feel like it kind of misses the mark a little bit on what Plan 9 from Outer Space was, all, was really about. Um... At, you know, at times it feels like I, I'm watching a movie that, by people who really appreciate and and know Plan 9 from Outer Space, and yet at the same time I feel like maybe whoever wrote the script wasn't as big a fan. Because this movie focuses so much more on a full-on zombie outbreak 
than the actual aliens. And to me, Planet Nine from Outer Space is way more about the aliens. It's the alien story in the movie, not not the zombies. You know, I mean, in the original movie, you get like what three three zombies in the whole movie, and they don't do anything. The rest of the movie is just dialogue between humans and aliens. So, so, and in this movie, you don't even see the aliens, you don't even know that it is aliens until like about the last 20 minutes of the movie, and the, and the aliens don't even talk. So I think they really, they really missed some opportunity there to have even more fun with the original Planet 9 from Outer Space if they would have went the route of, of schlocky aliens like in the first movie. So, but it definitely has a lot of fun camp to it. Some some decent special effects, some some decent production value. Again, a ton of characters, um, and uh, some some amazing, some actually some amazing character development. Something that you wouldn't expect from a movie like this. Again, I go back to the Mr. Lobo character. When in the first half of the movie, he's much like um, Harry Cooper from Night of Living Dead, where he's an asshole and you just want him to die next. But uh, by the end of the movie, he's like um, sacrificing himself for the for the greater cause. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend checking it out uh, if you are a Plan Nine from Outer Space hardcore purist. Uh, you might be a bit disappointed, um, but if you just want some goofy zombie fun, it's definitely worth a watch, especially to pick out all the fun references. So, but that's uh, that's my insane's pick for this episode, Plan Nine. Woo-hoo. So that's it. That's this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank Scary Gary for joining Scary us this Gary. episode. Thanks, buddy. Oh yeah, thank you for having me, guys. It's always a blast. And I hear you have a podcast now. If you want to uh, plug that real quick. I would love to plug it if it was still existing. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, 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 you know, uh, the guy who I did the podcast with, when we just, you know, we teamed up together at the beginning of the year, started, like, making it a reality, and uh, got some, a few episodes in, and then he kind of got a promotion or something with his job, and it kind of really got in the way of planning mm. proper podcast nights and everything. And ultimately, it's canned for the time being, but I'm in the works of trying to make it a reality again got to find that right person to click with to do it with you know absolutely i get that for sure so if you're a gamer out there listening and you want to start a podcast get a hold of scary gary yeah for sure you can you can check out my dorky new youtube channel though scary Ooh. gary's world Ooh, yeah go to scary gary kc on the youtubes and you can see me do silly shit from uh doing a Deadpool 2 review in a sleeping bag costume from uh, video game <laughs> reviews to whatever. I got about five videos up, you know, very, very poor budgeted film quality with my iPhone, you know, but hey, it's fine. Hey, at least you're <laughs> doing it, man. That's all that counts. So, so you know, my, my old uh, YouTube channel, it used to be really popular, but it was devoted and everybody's going to laugh, you know, to Insane Clown Posse. And I did a lot of stuff on there, had a lot of followers, but then I'm like, I'm not going to be 40 years old making insane clown posse videos, you know. So let's let's talk about video games instead, right? <laughs> we all have to grow up sometime. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, anything? Uh, I do want to. I do want to give a quick uh, throw out there, real quick. This year, uh, beginning of May, uh, what June 4th? I'm sorry. Is Slaughter Movie House's six year anniversary? Six so uh, years. If you guys are in Kansas awesome. City. Come hang out with us. Six years. First of Monday. Movie House. Are you, are you guys doing anything special for the six-year anniversary? 
we're uh, going to do another short film showcase, so we're going to show a lot of stuff. And uh, that last film that uh, short film Jill helped out with, that BFF Girls, is going to premiere there, have its Kansas City premiere. So a lot nice. of good films that she's came across recently and uh, just, you know, a time to celebrate and celebrate, you know, you know year, six years of independent horror films, you know, hey. Nice. It's awesome. You guys got the lineup picked out, or are you maybe possibly looking for some more short films? Um, I know somebody's Jill got has, one done. She's been slowly releasing them out, but I mean, we're always open to more. So, I mean, if you guys got one that you want to premiere, you know, hit me up later on, you know, and we can talk if you guys want to come down and <laughs> hang out with us. You know, we do. Oh, you always, know, we do. It's always a blast having you guys at Slotta Movie House. Yeah, it's always a blast getting to hang out with you, sir. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Well, cool. What else? Is there anything else going on with uh, anybody else? They want to promote? Snake Alley. It's coming up. Ted's yeah. freaking out. We're lucky we got him on this one. Yeah. Why did you ha- You just had to bring it up, man. I'm trying to forget about it for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, congratulations to you guys for getting in. Yay! Yes, thank you. Our new so BFF girls will also be playing at Snake Alley Festival film. Yeah. Oh, nice! Oh, hey. cool. That's all right. right. Yeah, yeah. So we're all in this little small horror world, and it's fantastic. Yeah, well, sure that's is. what brought us all together. You know, when you think about it, I got to meet you know Mike and Jason when we. Uh, oh, oh my gosh! I'm gonna, like I'm brain farting on the movie's name now because I think the collapse poster they made Demonica. for you was collapse first wrong. or Demonica? Oh, collapse. It was not Demonica. No, it was a. Um, Collapse, yeah, but yeah. I then the guy who made the poster for you guys spelled the name wrong or something. Yeah, a little bit. Well, he, he typoed it. Or yeah, how you guys spelled bit. it or something? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's Sorry. why I was like, that's why I was brain farting on it. But yeah, it was the when we showed Collapse at Slaughter Movie House, and ever since then it's been like match made in heaven, you know. <laughs> the the audience was also disappointed because they thought they were going to see a movie called Collapse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed. Yeah. There's riots in the streets. <laughs> I thought it was another video game movie, you know, that video game collapse, you know, I was like, oh, hey, yes, finally somebody made it, but nope, another zombie movie, of sorts. <laughs> awesome. Cool, all right, well, that does it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, um, and if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. We are... We are going crazy with producing all kinds of wonderful content. Weekly content. For the Patreon donators. It's pretty cool. So, and we're having fun doing it. So we, you know, But we're doing it for the Patreon donators. So you know, donate today and get all this cool extra content. So, so until next time, uh, we will see you all again here soon on... What? <laughs> You're not going to try to say goodbye in German? I, I, I'm not even going to <laughs> acknowledge that. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. There. Ish. Ish. <laughs> All right, talk to y'all later. Oh no, could this be the end of? Wow. Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack.